Okay, folks. There's Michael Russell. And who's this? Fifty millimeter Yanuo two They have they have one that's one hundred twenty-five bucks, and it's better for video. Yeah. The little Canon. Tim Tam Slam. No more, no more, no more, no more sugar for you. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, today on the Film Photography Podcast, we have uh, Arnott's Tim Tams. For all you folks down under, they're now more widely... You may say, what is it? That's a cookie. Mm-hmm. They're more widely available in the United States these days. For the first time ever. Where did you see yours? Finley, Ohio. What did you see yours, Matt? Columbus. Mark? Uh, I think it was Kroger. Okay. Well, I ordered mine on Amazon. Oh. <laughs> I know. Did a drone deliver it? No. A Tim Tam drone? So a Tim Tam is a cookie. For, first of all, for the diehard FPPers, like, you're like, yeah, yeah, we know. We know, we know. Well, okay. Well, what is it then? No, you can't tell me. We have some and you don't. <laughs> Tim Tam, you bite off each end and then use it as a straw with your hot beverage and uh, it's really just delicious mm-hmm. it's quite an experience very enjoyable but this is the film photography podcast the podcast for people who love shooting film it's December 15th 2016 wow episode 156 I gotta go I got Man. shopping to do end of the year I'm here with Leslie Lazenby hello everyone Mark O'Brien. Hi, everybody. Matt Marash. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. My name is Michael Rosso. When we come back, we're talking about some end end of the year topics. So stay tuned. Hey, folks. Michael Rosso here, and I'm here to tell you about the holiday gift guide. That's right, from the Film Photography Store, the greatest store on earth. The only place where you can get the famous FPP hand-rolled 35mm film. There's some great things over there. Some great film-tastic items over there. You can just log on to filmphotographyproject.com. Some exciting things to give the perfect gift for the film photographer in your life. Or you. Gift yourself. Why the heck not? Eastman X. 19 rolls in an authentic Eastman X film can. Vision 3 film now comes in a 12-roll box. You get 9 rolls of Vision 3 film plus 3 bonus rolls of a low ISO vision stock. What's the most fun film format? 110 film? Well, Matt Marash may not agree, but we all love 110 film, and we now carry the Ikemono Flash. It's a little cute little camera that has a built-in flash. It's brand new and certainly would make a fun gift for anyone. Looking for film that's cheap and good? You may say, it's not possible. But yes, it is. The FPP EDU line of 35mm black and white film. It comes in a nine-roll box, or you could buy rolls individually. Zoics! The word is out that Schmina film is fantastic. We've been chatting about it here on the podcast, and now there are two filmtastic boxes. A nine-roll box, the Schmina black and white sampler, has some FN64, photo 100, photo 200, photo 400, and some Tasma film. And a Schmina low ISO sampler. That's right, low ISO sampler. The FPP 
Pentax K1000 t-shirt. That's the only official FPP t-shirt. It's $12.99. Retro Chrome. Color slide film in a Kodak can. Whoa. The FPP store is now stocked with 35mm SLR cameras. And of course, our FPP Plastic Filmtastic 120 toy camera is still available, and each one sold comes with a free roll of film. And of course, Super, Super 8, 8, the 50th year of Super 8, a big celebration. We now carry Super 8 film in our store. Head on over to filmphotographystore.com, pick up some stuff for yourself, stuff as gifts, and support the FPP. Hey, we're back. Hey, Matt. Hey. I got a bunch of stuff on yeah, that topics list. Stuff, but <laughs> some of the stuff, since it's still 2016, yeah. can you tell us, student cameras, this year, the year 2016, sure. students, what's in, what's out, what's, what's the hot camera for students? Sure. So, I mean, all-time best-selling student camera, hands down, no doubt about it. What is it? Pentax K1000. K1000. They're, they're so good. Uh, we even had somebody bring a K1000 in that had uh, a dead bug in the in the viewfinder, <laughs> and not one from the trackie. It was uh, you know somebody else's <laughs> legit Pentax K1000. Hey, still worth paying to have that bug cleaned out of the out of the prism wow. because it's it's per, you know perfect little cameras. So the Pentax K1000, they're known for having. Uh, like dirt mm-hmm. that resembles an actual bug. Yeah. Like, for some reason, it looks like a bug with an antenna. <laughs> no, but it was a bug. No, no, it was a bug. Oh, there's actually it, a bug. It was actually a bug. It's like, a bug it was, camp. it crawled up in, there's, it must have gotten under the focusing screen yeah. or something, and it just died there. <laughs> that could have been yours. What type of bug was it? Huh? It was like a little beetle. Wasn't oh. a spider. And? What happened? Hey! No, we sent it. Oh, it's off. worth we, getting cleaned. Yeah, we sent it off to Midwest Camera Repair. That somebody there did it. We didn't want to touch it, and we sold oh, it. So, no ta-da! Yeah. Why is the K1000 still one of the most the most popular sought after camera for students? Uh, rock solid manual operation, uh, cloth shutter that uh, as long as it's kept in decent conditions. So you know, Midwest uh, near the coasts, but you keep it dry. It's just a, a good performer. Uh, it doesn't need a battery. It's optional because uh, the battery only powers the meter, which is hot, cold, and most students will forget their lens cap, which will kill the battery really quick. So it teaches them to you know, think on their feet, use Sunny 16, or that uh, fantastic uh, Black Cat exposure card that That's we talked right. about that I'm definitely getting somebody for Christmas. But that one is top of the list. And in a not-too-close second, this one kind of surprised me because there's so many other good options out there. I think Mark just picked one up. Uh, Nikon FM. Yeah. They're just killer. I mean, they're, they're good cameras. Yeah, uh, a lot of students this year were seeking retro and uh, AE ones, not and Minolta's not retro enough. They needed something like the the Nikon F Chrome. Um, the ones without the finders sold really well. Really, because they all, well Vivian they, Meyer. They they uh, they <laughs> waist going waist level. Yeah. Well, they think they are until they, they try. They, until they try. <laughs> until yeah. they see a, a blurry roll of film come back. Yeah. 
Um, but those were the the big popular ones this year. No rangefinders, not a single one. Um, it's either teachers are like, no, uh, I'm not teaching rangefinders, or it's like, you know, maybe an advanced topic for those. Uh, those are have carved an even deeper niche in film shooters, so students are really not even looking for those. Um, every now and then, somebody will have like a, a Yashica Electro that can can do some manual stuff. Oh, I. This is completely off topic, but that's what we're known for. Uh, somebody brought in a Yashica Electro a couple months back, okay. and uh, they were like, oh, what do I do about the battery? I just kind of winged it. I was like, oh, it's six volts. If yep. I stack two, if I just fat stack two 76s and, uh, and then a three volt, it, it hangs in there just fine. Like, I used or to a think, lot of foil and uh, PX28. Yeah, like I thought you needed to have special things or like a specialty spring or like no, those, those really nice fancy adapters. Nope. Just fat stack them. They there. fancy adapter. Yeah, you can get a fancy adapter, but honestly, the oh yeah, the, the stack just just works pretty well too. Is that a hot camera still? The electro? No, no, because it's really the pad of death. Yeah, yeah, pad of death. Yeah, it's got to pop or it doesn't hop. <laughs> <laughs> but rangefinder. She has not. a limerick for every camera. She does. She does. So what else is hot besides um, the K one thousand? FMs and then uh, you know those F Chromes. After we talked about them, I had like a I had like big FPPers call and like order order off Which the ones? top. But I had some FPPers from uh, from Indiana that had been to several of our Midwest meetups. Uh, they came and got one. I had a gentleman down in Cincinnati who's a new F, uh, new listener of FPP starting uh, from last. Uh, this, or this May, he he picked up FPP, so he ended up picking one up. Also, what did he pick up? What is it called? Uh, F uh, Nicromat uh, F. It's like the the Chrome. Oh, the body. F. Yeah, the F. Oh, so. we talked we talked it up a while back. Yeah, yeah. It, like yeah, wasn't exactly. getting enough love. Yeah, so it, and you guys had a bunch of them. We still have, we have more now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it, okay. it like worked both ways. Do you, you do know, a good like, deal on those. Uh, I always tell folks so when you're working with a, a camera shop and that has like used gear. Um, if, some, if you're looking for something and there's, like, two of it, uh, Midwest or hopefully most good camera shops aren't going to, like, chart, like, you know, they're not going to drive up the price. They have multiples of this inventory. My, my mantra is you're going to get the best price and you're going to get the pick of the litter. Like, so if there's four of them there, you're going to get the best one and you're going to get a good price on it because I have four cameras and I want you to have one of them. So Right. Um, we try to be really fair about that stuff, and I think with those those Nikon Fs, they were ranging pretty low uh, on the, the great, uh, greater scale. I don't know uh, if it's eBay that's driving up the price or Japanese sellers for them, but some of those uh, those Nikon Fs, the, especially the black ones, those are yeah. going fetching some some real money. It's it's really funny. This is uh, another off topic. Camera uh, cameras, not even student cameras, but like new digital cameras. The a lot of the new Fuji mirrorless and even some of like the Sony cameras. Uh, so the Fuji mirrorless have really picked up on like the retro appeal of mm-hmm. things. So a lot, of, and you know that's because you have I Fuji. Know. Fuji will offer some of their high end mirrorless as silver or black body. What's really funny is when a camera's new, everybody likes the silver body. Oh really? Um, and the black gets no love, but it always shakes out the opposite way. Yep. The classic uh-huh. cameras. The simple black one always yep. fetches more money, and I, it's just so interesting. It, it never fails. So uh, student cameras, we're, we're doing great. Everybody wants some AE1s. I know we have, still have a, a whole boathouse of those, so I mean, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's good because a lot of schools are, you know, uh, they have winter semester classes, and the MPEX Darkroom is inspiring uh, tons and tons of folks. You wouldn't guess who, uh, who the number one audience is for uh, MPEX Darkroom and Darkroom classes. Oh. Teenage girls. Teenage girls. Yeah. Wow. Teenage girls. Yeah. This is from William. Uh, his Flickr name is Pictures That I Done Took. <laughs> hey, guys. 
I recently discovered your podcast by stumbling upon an FPP YouTube video about Polaroid camera. I downloaded one episode and gave it a listen while on holiday. Wow. It's kind of difficult to sum up how happy I felt on that bus. (laughs) Listening to you guys talk about film photography, I had no idea that something as new as this existed about film photography, and it only makes it better that all of you are so funny, personable, and also intelligent. Wow. Wow. Fishing, fishing. They got at least one of those things right. Yeah. I've since listened to about an episode a day. Well, this is back in September. Four so far. And I've learned so much. All about black and white development, weird films I never knew existed, Mm -hmm. toy cameras, and little tricks like drawing over the meter on an instant camera to trick it. You know, Sharpie? The Sharpie. Mm -hmm. I only shoot 35 millimeters so far on my AE1 program. And it's just a matter of time, buddy. But I'm hopefully going to be getting into 120 with the RB67. And also, oh, and also instant with some sort of Polaroid. So the breadth of discussion on your podcast is also appreciated. Further, I have only developed my film once. But with all the information you guys offer, I'm sure I'll be souping in no time. Yes. I, not so, patiently await your return after the summer. Uh, keep up the good work. This is William. He wrote to us in September. And, uh, well, I hope, uh, I hope you're pretty caught up. Sometimes I recommend that people start new and then work their way back. Mm-hmm. Where's William from? Doesn't say. Oh. Because he said holiday, then it means he's probably English. Yeah, yes. you, you can. Yeah. 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 And his Flickr name for folks who are on the Flickr, pic- pictures I done took. Awesome. Uh, so, also, you know, Flickr, please uh, do come up on the Flickr. We have a group. It's a great place to uh, share your photographs. Hey, speaking of Flickr. Yes. I'm just interrupting the hell out of you, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, Do you notice how Flickr's, uh, I don't know when it happened, but they they, kind of changed their notification settings. I feel like I follow the group, like the FPP group specifically, a a little more now because uh, it notifies you. Yeah. um, Not just like, so all your stats and recent stuff, it just used to show stuff that happened to your photos. Now your uh, activities will show like when somebody starts a topic or if there's a hot topic showing up in your popular groups. So it kind of pushes, for me, it pushes. Pushes FPP pushes to, the top, to the yes. top. Yeah, Which I don't is, even look at that. It's a really cool way to to kind of see what uh, you know what, what other uh, my, folks. My groups show up in one area. Oh, it's actually just that little bell symbol on, on the oh. Flickr homepage. Notifications bell. Yeah. Yeah, on Flickr, we're talking about Flickr, folks. Yeah. So it's a uh, you know somebody's Flickr. updating something in there, and and it's mm-hmm. it's helping me keep in mm-hmm. touch. Well, uh, William talked about something called RB67. That's mm-hmm. a one twenty camera that. Is six by seven centimeters of yep. picture yep. size? Mm-hmm. Commonly referred to as the fridge, the tank. Oh. <laughs> the fridge. <laughs> the fridge. <laughs> puppies are heavy. I, I just they sold, are heavy. I think yeah, they are I just sold fridge. my entire probably they're beasts. I just sold my all my RB equipment, which was two bodies and lenses and backs and. You can pick those up for a song still. I sold uh, mine pretty much for a song, yeah. all in the big case. Is it a jaunty tune or just it, like a? Uh, um, it was, because I got cash for something I was never using. Ooh, all right. It was a jaunty tune. Well, it's a good segue into the Pentax 6x7 from Mark O'Brien. <laughs> Topic, Mo for your money. And this is, it's like an RB67, just a different brand? Well, no, it's not. No, it's, it's totally it's, different. It's, it's a, a full-on SLR. The, the, yeah. the uh, film, the negative size is the same. RB67 is a modular camera with different kinds of backs you can put on it. and More like uh, a Hasselblad on steroids. 
Okay. And what Pentax 6x7 is, looks like a giant single-lens reflex camera. Yes. And it's got a big pentaprism on the top, which is removable. You can mm-hmm. put a chimney finder on it or whatever. It's very modular. You'll keep your home warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it has a long. It's, it's a complete system, and uh, it's been out for many, many years. There's, there's iterations of it. There's a two. There's a six by seven. There's one. That, the older version does not have mirror lock up. The, the, the six newer by version. seven, so six X seven. Right. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's a. It's been around for a long time. But it's a beast, and uh, as heavy as it is, I think the RB67 weighs a lot more. And it's got a, since it is a single-lens reflex with a pentaprism, it looks just like a big 35-millimeter camera, what it looks like. It's got a big mirror slap to it. Oh, yeah. It would, you know, sort of creates a big giant vacuum. No, it, it's, it, it does have a noticeable mirror slap. So if you want to shoot at low speeds, you really want to put up mirror lockup. And uh, that's very helpful. It's definitely a camera you want to use on a tripod. I had a pretty nice 6x7 system a few years ago, and I sold it. I found myself in possession of one that uh, someone wanted me to sell for them with a 90 millimeter lens, which is a little bit wide. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the camera all over again, so I, I had to buy it from her. The 6x7, it's really good for landscapes. You can use it for portrait photography. It's not really a street camera unless you do a lot of workout activity. It's, it's got one just, of the nicer portrait lenses in medium format, though, too. That 10, is it 102 or 105? 105. 105, 24, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's Killer got some nice lens. lenses. It's got wide angle. So it's, it's you know, you can get a... I'm just going to keep the 90 on it and use it just like that. And it's one of those things where I think if you get to know the camera really well and you're used to what you're going to get with it, your your images improve. So that's what I'm doing. I've been shooting a lot of APX100 in it. I took it on some trips this summer and did a lot of shooting with it. So I really enjoy it. That APX100 and those big nags yeah. had to be sweet. They are very sweet. Oh, if you shoot yeah. transparencies in that, it's really mm. nice too. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty much just going to shoot black and white with it. But you do get, because the prices have gone down, very far they, down. Yeah, you, you can pick them up. It's, these cameras are not on the hot list. No, they're on the not list. They're not right hot. Now. So maybe I, after this, they'll be on the hot list again. Yeah. Who well, knows? It probably takes there's, there's six a caveat, to like asterisk. So the the one Pentax that's always on the hot list is the two, uh, and I don't know why the two always gets like two to three times as much as any other cameras, but. Uh, the only downside with the two, well, and the one for that matter, is once the meter goes in that thing, right. they're done. There's like yeah. a sensor in there, and that's it. Yeah, because you have to have a battery to run them, and uh, oh, without that, so the black cat won't help you there, will it? No, it won't. No, mm. but the six by seven and the black cat, they're BFFs. That that there thing doesn't go. need yeah. anything. <laughs> it's also the heaviest one. So, thank you, Mark. You're welcome. We'll be back in a flash. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Hey, the dark room is a lab on the West Coast, and these days, because you know we're all shooting film, but you know the big question is where do I bring my film to get processed? The dark room is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 
110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 122, 2035, 4x5, 8x10. The dark room. It's the darkroom.com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Red oh, Bird, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The darkroom. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Uh, really quick. <laughs> that was a flash. This isn't is our end of the year. Sad show. Oh, Contemplating mm. about the year. Uh, I wasn't sad. Oh, maybe now we I am. discussed this already. Maybe we didn't. Uh, one of your topics, Mark, was like, hey, man, what's up with Fuji? Did we discuss that? No, Actually, we didn't. This is, this is a good way to end the... Well... This, this is be, sad, but a good way to end the year. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. the Fuji? Yeah, what the, what's up with Fuji? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of sadness when they decided they were going to discontinue the pack films. Yes, this is uh, and the... That's, that's what's up with Fuji. Now, crack and peel film. Yeah. What size is that film? Anyone know? Three and a quarter, three four and four. a quarter. Yeah. 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 Rounded off to three by four. And so it gave you a pretty nice... Well, it was... It, Fit all your, our Polaroid land cameras that yep. took pack film. Yep. Those of us who like shooting the pack film cameras, we really enjoyed shooting the 3000 speed mm-hmm, black yeah. and white. That yep. was great. So they discontinued that, what, a couple of years ago? Yes. And we're going, oh, maybe they're putting out another another run, and they didn't. And then this year, it's like, oh, we're not making any more FP100C. It's like, what? And we're, what? Going, we're going, oh. What? So that essentially is puts a stake right in the heart of the Polaroid land camera people because yes. no film, you got doorstops. Yep. Mike, did I tell you my gut-wrenching story about FP100C? Oh, I want to hear this. All right, so uh, yeah. my uh, one of my favorite reps uh, that comes into Midwest Photos, you know, sales reps, distributors and such, uh, my Panasonic rep, is it? No, I'm sorry, my Olympus rep. Uh, my apologies, Mike. His, his name's also Mike. He brought in a gift because he used to work for Fuji way back when, but he had like a lot of leftover stuff. He brought in a case and a half of FP100C and oh. and just said, "Hey, uh, does anybody here at Midwest uh, like film?" Oh, and you he shared it with some of us. Yes, I was handing it out like candy to everybody. And when did you find out? I found out that it was discontinued when I handed out my last pack oh. of it to some uh, to somebody else to it shoot. Was, oh. It was it was oh. bad. Uh, you know, it was, it was one of those. You got to keep it in. It's. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's actually kind of relieving now in retrospect because it's like now I don't have that pressure. Right. Like the pressure to perform to to shoot and then just waste it on something safe. Right. So. So yeah, it's it's a it's a major loss to people who. And, you know, over the years on this show... What show? You've really promoted pack film cameras. You are Mr. Pac-Film. I had, a in the old FPP studio, a room dedicated just to refurbishing the battery compartments. Uh Mm -hmm. And I had, back in the day, a few years ago, Leslie, you're my witness. Remember the boxes and boxes and boxes I had of pack cameras? Pack cameras. You also had boxes and boxes of cold clips. Yep. Yes. Yep, uh, exactly. Man, thank goodness <laughs> that I sold all those cameras. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really. timing was yeah. bizarre. Oh, leave that out. We want to use a shutter tester. Uh, yeah, thank goodness. There, I still have maybe one box, and I'm going to refurbish the, the battery compartments and then just blow them out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is it possible that there are people who still don't know that the film is discontinued and are buying I, these I, cameras? I think yes, so, yes. Because the same people you, who don't know that film is still being made. Well, <laughs> right. a lot of them are coming into Midwest. So these kids, they're like mm-hmm. coming in, they're like, oh, I got this great deal on the camera. I'm like, oh, I got really bad news for you, kid. Yeah. Like, I mean, and we at, at uh, Midwest, we did uh, get a bunch of FP100C in before the news came down because we always wanted to have sure. some in stock. We had folks in town that still used it. Um, but now, just like everybody else, we are keeping competitive with the market, which I think at this at the time of recording is still about 30 32 bucks a box. It's it's pretty rough, but hey, it's, it's there or it's not. Right. So The dilemma to me is I have no doubt that a new 55 or a cat lab, someone's going to make the film, but... For me, I think that that ten, eleven dollar price is gone. It's not coming back. I mean, yeah. even if yeah. a little lab makes it, I mean, it's going to be more. Yeah, because right. they're going to have all the labor and the the, the research. R&D. They won't have yeah. the economy of scale and that Fuji had. Correct. Yeah, it's more I mean, boutique you know pricing. Fuji's not going to share the recipe. No, no, no. I have no so reason to. We've got to go through literally the R and D again. Looking at you, impossible. <laughs> yeah, she said. I it. really think. I was uh, thinking it. <laughs> Fuji believes that it's nothing but a nuisance. They don't have the the the, uh, well, the, the dollar. It wasn't making financial sense, and it just got. They dropped. lost. I'm, I guarantee you, they lost a big customer, like one of their uh, like they probably lost a country account. Right. Was doing uh, IDs. IDs. Yeah. And it's over. And um, I I take all. I take any discontinued. Discontinuation. I just take in stride. I mean, there, we see like the what do you call those things? Sign up to protest. Oh yeah, right. change oh, petitions. Or something yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, change out. Yeah, I, I hate to. I, I don't want to. You know, rain on anyone's parade. But you know, the parade sh- passed. All it's these over. companies yeah. know want to know. Show me the money. You know, it's it's sad news, but it's I I just accept it. Simple yeah. as that. And I just move on to the next thing. But to kind of end on a, a, a slightly more positive note yeah. with Fuji. Super positive. Um, Instax Mini, they've got black and white oh, Instax yes, Mini now. That's true. <laughs> they got See, that. then you hope for the things you hope for are just so different. Right. I'm hoping for an Instax wide black and white. Yes. Or I hope for a, a decent camera for wide. Yeah. Oh, you can buy the Leica. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's up. With, that's what's up with Fuji. That's what's up with Fuji, and you they're know, also just continuing sheet films left and right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And are they making any E6 film at all? Um, they're not. Let's see. Uh, Velvia. Velvia. I think it's all special order stuff really? still. Well, it's cut to 4 or 5, and they have some cut 8 by 10, but there's all these like group orders, and there's a couple of people that will gather together orders, a la Keith Canham, that sort of style, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll go to uh, Yodabashi Camera or any of the big ones over over in Japan and buy them up. But okay. it's it's not cheap. No, I'm I mean, sure it's not. Like, when I, when Nor I, is my stock of it in the fridge right now. No. The 50s and the yeah. 100s. It's insane. I've got a few rolls of 35 Velvia and yeah. I, maybe some 120. Yeah. That yeah. I have in the refrigerator. By five. Well, thank you. You're welcome. When we come back, we're going to be shining a little sunshine. A little sunshine <laughs> we're going to shine on the podcast as we talk about the Canon Del Sol. <laughs> it's just like. Phineas T. Prune was a multi zillionaire with a pickle face. He didn't like Christmas, he didn't like Santa Claus, and most of all, he didn't like children. Mr. Prune decided to make children unhappy by taking Christmas away from them. He went up to the North Pole and promised Santa a billion dollars if he would stop giving Christmas presents to children. Naturally, Santa refused. So Mr. Prune took his billion dollars and bought the whole North Pole and became Santa's landlord. 
and he raised the rent so high, nobody could pay it, least of all Santa Claus. He told Santa to have the rent money by December 24th, Christmas Eve, or he would take all the presents away as payment. <laughs> hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. That's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. I'm a Canon guy. Canon point and shoots. Canon this, Canon that. I've never seen Canon this. Now, <laughs> where did you I don't even know. Wait, I thought it was like a razor. It, like it, a, it's yeah. like, it, it looks what like a camera, knockoff Canon. What camera has to travel with its own portable fire extinguisher? No, oh, stop it. Oh, those come together? No, they do in my house. Oh, right? okay. Oh. I don't have that much insurance. It looks like a Walkman. What's the back of that? Is that solar? Is it, it is solar. solar. It is solar. It is solar. Oh, gonna, yeah. on a film camera. Here we go. Let's what? let's start the, from the top, to ladies heck and gentlemen. Photography. Let's start right from the top. I got <laughs> Canon Del Sol. It's a hot idea. Um. In 1995, Canon introduced another camera into. <laughs> I'm insistent. <laughs> Uh, they're very successful SureShot line. Everyone's heard of a SureShot. Many oh, people yeah. have had them. Yeah, and it truly was a very, very successful camera line. This is called the SureShot Del Sol. That's say that, the US say that five times fast. You got it. You got to have your own teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Europe, it was called the Prima Sol. And in Japan, it was called the another common Autoboy SE. Autoboy. Autoboy. You know what? It's a point-and-shoot camera. It is extremely typical in its specifications and, and pretty much what it does. $350 new. Whoa. Um, Ouch. That's auto a lot. Autofocus. Oh, they all were at that point. 95, peeking out on anything that was Goodness. a camera at all. Is that a brand-new camera? Have you ever run film through it? Well, we'll get to that, oh, too. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an auto-load. It's DX-coded. Classic flash Sounds mode. So, so far, so good. So far, so good. And so far, it's like, why is she talking about it? She only talks about the weird crap. Yeah, Mike's getting his checkbook out. <laughs> <laughs> well, shutter, two seconds to 125th. Not super Wait, fast. 120 or 125th. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Typical but not exciting. It is a DX coded camera from mm-hmm. 25 to 3200. Lens is slightly wide at 32 millimeter. It's a 35. There again, what the heck is different about this puppy? What makes it so different? It yeah. is entirely solar powered. Entirely crazy, solar powered. Man, crazy. Del Sol means of the sun. Of the sun. Told you sunshine was coming yep. in. Yeah. Solar power right on the front of the camera. It's the cover. First cover. Second first cover. You just leave it in the desert Charging for two time. days. Two days. Two hours in bright sun will get you a roll of 24, half being flash. Or if you put it in the house, it's going to take 120 hours to charge up for that same 24 exposure roll. So you'd be out shooting away if you only had two and a half. I mean, there's a there's a little um, indicator on here that will light up, and right now it's telling me that my battery's flat out like a lizard drinker. It is 
something. It's just, you know, I'm not sure when I saw this. This is not the first solar camera. What? No. The what, first, what year? What this year? is 95. 95. This is the first full solar camera. Uh, Ryko right. made the XRS, which was an SLR. Oh, okay. But it had a battery backup so that if your lithium cell went down, it flipped over to your regular battery. Or mm-hmm. you could run it on at 76s too. Now, the Autoboy version had a lithium backup battery. U.S. version does not. So what's some of the rules when you first started shooting that you were taught about? Keep your film cool. Right. Yeah, don't leave it in the Keep sun. Keep it in the fridge. <laughs> don't leave it in the sun. John's mom said, John, no upskirts. Um, <laughs> don't uh, shoot with the light to the back of the head. You know, no backlighting. Well, apparently they thought about this because the, the solar panel flips down mm-hmm. for the shooting lens. But while it's charging, there is also this little hinge here to let heat escape. Oh. We are just putting our film in an easy-bake oven. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. Cooking it. Well, can't you charge it without the film in it? Well, you could, but... It's going to waste battery to to re-spool the the film. Because you only get 24 on a two-hour charge of bright. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, I, I, you know... Was this like dead on arrival? I they... don't know what they were thinking. Oh, does yeah. it work? Mine does not. Now, I usually do not talk about a camera that I am not shot with. And I'm quite willing to open this up and dig through it and see if I can replace this battery with a lithium. Mm-hmm. I'm not Mark Dizelle. It's probably not going to work. I probably won't use it. This is Canon's hot idea called the Dell Soul. That's bizarre. And I tried to do a little... See who else was doing a solar camera i really found no one else except for rico Mm. i I did buy one off of ebay and they said it was solar powered it was not solar powered it was no powered it was a point and shoot that didn't even have a battery in it (laughs) so yeah the idiot of course cracked me up now you guys may know this i don't know i could not find a manual for this online that I did not have to pay for. We have the classic little dimple on the bottom, and it does fit into something on the bottom of the camera. Oh, for the rewind. Is it? Yep. You think so? That's what I always thought. Um, rewind button's here. Oh. It's marked that way. And, of course, that fits. There is a little... What does that do? I don't know. Let me see. That's the question of the day. There was no manual with this. Oh, it does go back and forth. It does, and I don't... <laughs> Heat release! I don't know. Mike Butkus? He doesn't have it manual for this one. Wow. Did you call Canon? <laughs> Did you get this on the bay or what? I did. I okay. hunted it down, got it on the bay. This one may have actually... This <laughs> it, actually, I think, came from Japan, even though it's a U.S. version. And you heated it up, but did not, no charge. I put it in my window at work for a couple days, and it seemed like it would get a little bit of charge. Never enough to allow me to load a film or anything. Sounds like we need to open it up to listeners. So if you're listening at home, mm-hmm. and for some reason you have a Del Sol, and it works, mm-hmm. and you are very familiar using it, or you what, have the manual yet. What the heck does that thing at the bottom do? Yes. It's not the rewind. That's a separate it's not the, a separate little control. This is a funky little this camera. This is a funky little camera. It's a nice looking camera. It is. Um, I must have the other part, but even, this is so funny, there was an insert in here that you could make your own box a display box. <laughs> I have no idea why. How do you prop it up? To, to oh, the, just like that. That's the, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's right here on the side. Oh, look at that. It's like that. Heat dispersion. Incredible. Wow. Thank you, Leslie. I don't recommend this to anyone. I'm guessing you don't either. <laughs> I do and, of course, it comes with a lovely little... I, I guess yeah, if you are, it, uh, you know, a glutton for punishment... Yes. 
or want to try something so bizarre, mm-hmm. you look or, up the Canon Sure Shot Del, Del Sol. Sol. Or need something to talk about on the show. What do these yeah. go for on the bay? Mm. I hope not much. Don't remember. Maybe $15, maybe 15 to 25 I don't know. Well, thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Uh, we'll be right back with a titillating, titillating topic. <laughs> okay. Well, Chris, what are we going to get for Grandma this year? A football! For Grandma? Yeah. A puppy? I don't think so. A Kodak camera. Oh, <laughs> you're cooking. Of all the gifts you can give, here's one everybody likes. The Kodak Ectrolyte 10 camera. It's got electronic flash built right in, so you're always ready in a flash. It's Kodak's most popular pocket camera. Right, Chris? Right. But there's still nothing wrong with the football. Kodak, America's storyteller. Hey, it's Michael Rosso. And, you know, this time of year, the, the gift-buying time of year, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to give a quick intro to our FPP Plastic Filmtastic Debonair Camera. That's right, the FPP. That's right. The best thing since buttered bread. The FPP Debonair 120 Film Camera. So if you buy an FPP Debonair Camera, it's $19.99 U.S., Plus, you get a roll of film with it. It is the best bargain on the planet regarding medium format film. And two, three, four, five thumbs up for the FPP Demonair are coming in daily via email. This really is a plastic film-tastic. And don't forget to pick one up. Hey, we're back. Yeah. See, this is very vague. I don't know what it is. Oh. Because uh, I don't know what the sense run, run it by me. Uh, I'm going to say, this is a, a Matt Mirage topic, working on a portrait project oh. with sensitive subject matter. Oh, all so right. I, so, so I don't know what it is. Is that someone allergic to film? They have a sensitivity? Uh, it could be. No. Or does it have to do uh, with like the more, Midsummer Murders episode? No, nothing, nothing, <laughs> even, nothing even close to that. So uh, I only uh, use this kind of as a, a segue to kind of you know uh, talk about uh, some folks I've been working with uh, in a photographic sense. Uh, in o- over the past few years, and I just never talk about the guy because he's a good buddy of mine, and he does a lot of good portrait work. But a gentleman uh, who I met through my uh, time at Midwest Photo, and uh, who actually has started to let me use uh, some uh, or co-op some studio space with him, uh, Mr. Tariq Terry. Um, we'll link uh, some of his work in the show notes. But he is a fantastic uh, portrait photographer. Whenever I want to flex my portrait muscles, uh, he uh, he will invite me out to different shoots. Um, he always brings in like. Uh, uh, models and we'll we'll shoot some of that every now and then if I want to shoot pretty people. But usually his day to day, he is, he himself is uh, is a Somali uh, native, but then uh, immigrated to the U.S. Uh, we have a huge uh, amount of refugees coming into uh, Greater Columbus area, and part of what he does is helps uh, uh, assimilate refugees into everyday life. Uh, so he often is he uh, I think it's his time as a. Uh, just as a street and portrait photographer, but he has a way of working with people that would never want to have their photograph taken. Oh. That is, uh, yeah, he, it's it's just a uh, yeah, it's definitely a gift. It's definitely something that's learned. Uh, the more uh, I guess where where I'm going with this is, if you have a certain kind of subject matter that you don't directly have a connection to, find someone that has a connection to that subject matter, or or get yourself into that. Uh, don't just start with the camera. Start by attending uh, a, an event uh, that have to know that, you right exactly. Yeah, don't just go in there cold like. Mm. 
people are going to see that something is up or that you're after something, you know, you're, that you're there for, uh, to, to exploit, even if you're really not, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, it, working with Tariq over the past, actually, I've been working with him for a couple of years now, uh, has just taught me a lot about working with uh, just sensitive, uh, sensitive subjects. So um, most recently, uh, he uh, hauled me out to a, an event where we photographed some uh, uh, some Native Americans at uh, at a, an annual powwow that they had. Powwow. Yep, at, cool. at Mohican State Park in uh, in Ohio. So that was really neat. It was also very time sensitive because uh, too because of the yes. uh, Dakota Pipeline mm-hmm. uh, that has been has been being protested and probably still is at this point uh just really really uh good work to just to one get you good at initiating a conversation with a human being uh you know you know make eye contact be friendly be approachable don't have the camera dangling around your neck when you start the conversation uh have that have that in you know just it's it seems kind of weird but like when you're sh- when you're photographing people uh acknowledge that you're photographing a person don't treat them like you're you're, you're addressing any other subject you're walking up to i i notice uh, a lot of photographers especially newer ones uh have that tendency will actually tr- treat them like uh like they're just, just something else we're shooting uh you know a macro object or a tree for that matter <laughs> so you know they are another human being you can talk to them about things that aren't photography and aren't just posing them the way you want them so uh definitely try to connect on on a human level in any way shape or form if you're not that kind of social butterfly i i guarantee you know somebody who is Right. Uh, uh, so, so get out there with them. Make it a social experience again. You know. Well, another thing too that you find out, such as with the Native American, mm-hmm. there are things you are not allowed to photograph. Exactly. So, so observe and listen. Right. Exactly. And because be you sensitive will. Sensitive to them. Yeah. Don't uh, don't find out by getting kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really enlightening to to work with him. It's made me more comfortable uh, shooting mm-hmm. uh, shooting people now, which is great. So that was kind of where I was going with that. Um, but if you ever want to see some. Excellent photographs, just of humans in general. Uh, his name's Tariq Terry. Spell that. Uh, T A R I Q. Uh, last name Terry. T A R E Y. He is uh, a little more modern than myself, so he has a fantastic Instagram account. His projects are Instagram. Yeah, he's on Instagram. He's a good dude. His his work is rock solid though. A lot of studio, a lot of lighting uh, involved in it. But I mean, just just amazing stuff. Uh, he was after the grand opening at, at Midwest. Um, Mr. Gregory Heisler uh, had uh, came to me for some recommendations for local talent to help him out for a commercial shoot. So Tariq was like first on my list. I was like, who else could help Heisler? He could. So he's the guy that helps me light. So he can help anybody get good at light. So uh, just a kind of a shameless plug for a buddy of mine. Also. Um, just you know, good tips for working with people in general. Definitely check them out. I'm going to Instagram right now. You right can now. hear it. Tariq Terry. Beep boop bork. Beep boop bork. A R E Y people. Is he? Um, do you know? Do you know what his handle is? Is he T E R I? No, T A R I Q. T A R I Q. Oh, yeah. <gasps> there he is. Oh yeah, it's all about the portrait. And what does uh, Tariq Terry shoot with? Uh, well, before he met me, he was uh, living that mundane digital uh, dream. Dig, yeah, digital lifestyle. He was sick of he, it. Was almost a word for word story of why I was sick of digital. I kind of nudged him into a medium format camera system. Uh, we started simple, started small. Um, I reminded him of how much he loved his own Leica, uh, and he mentioned, "Oh, you know, I used to have this Pentax six seven, but it's not really good for the studio because mine didn't do the mirror lockup." And I was like, "Oh, hey, look, I have this Mamiya RZ." <laughs> And I sold him a whole RZ setup, and uh, that kind of got him back into it. And then 
not even weeks after that, uh, the 4x5 made its way to him. Uh, he got a, he's got his hands on a really nice Wista, and uh, now he's uh, back out shooting with that. So just a great guy. Um, he has, he's got one of those styles that it doesn't matter what he's shooting, it's going to come through. Yeah, so he's a, yet a, another uh, film convert or go, going back to film. So he's a little older than myself, but uh, so he, he does remember when the, the world was all film and is kind of going back to it, so. Really cool thing. If you, uh, folks at home have any experiences of shooting with uh, difficult subject matter, I actually kind of want to hear your experiences because there's yes. you know uh, there's a lot of different ways uh, to approach uh, that sort of topic, and it only helps us all to uh, kind of know. So write in if you have a really good story about it. I always love reading those. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. I actually had one just this uh, few weeks ago. It was at the county fair. Okay. And there's this gentleman. He's sitting on a bench messing around with the camera I talked about a few segments, episodes ago. I was looking for color. And he's got this gigantic sandwich he has not bitten into <laughs> yet. And it was spilling over with ketchup and pickles and onions. And uh, it had some great yellow mustard on it. And he was getting ready to take a bite. And I kind of looked at him. And he goes, uh, drops that sandwich down. He goes, are you taking my picture? I said, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I do mind. How huh. about just your sandwich? I said, that's really kind of why. Well, I said, I'm, I'm testing a camera about, out and uh, some film. I'm a film photographer. And I'm looking for things with color. And I saw your sandwich. Uh, I would prefer that you didn't. <gasps> What'd shot, you do? Shot me right down. See, I'm not a street or people thing. I felt like I did something bad. Yeah. Get bad and got caught, but there was no sneak about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was right in front of him. Yep. And kind of, I thought, made that contact ahead, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. give the little hand up, eyebrows up type of thing. And I said, it's okay. You know, that's why I'm on this side of the camera. I don't like my picture taken and just walked on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, respect them. Don't try to sneak shoot them later. No, definitely. You I, know, I, I so, really don't subscribe to that school of the ask for forgiveness. It's easier, oh, than, yeah. asking for, I, easier no, to get forgiveness than it is no to get permission. Way. Because but, when you ask for permission on certain things, you know, you might make a friend, you might make a connection who can get you to a better photograph later on. You don't know what that's, where that, you know, that avenue is going to lead. But if you don't start the conversation, you never, never leave that as an option. You might just have somebody walk away pissed off at you. And not, you're also, you know, making a bad name for other photographers out there too. So, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't always work. Not everyone's Nasir. No. No. Our, our FPP no. friend. He, oh, yeah. He'd have been sh- time he got done, that guy to shared his sandwich with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take your picture now. Exactly. This is fun. He, he, so, yeah, he catches yeah. everybody, doesn't he? Mark, have you just... ever went to shoot someone in public and asked them, hey, can I shoot your picture? And they're like, step away. Yeah. No. I've had some a couple times where I thought it was to be a great image, and I said, can I shoot you? And, it, and it's like, um, no. So, okay, yeah. move on. Just walk away? Yeah. It's the way it is. It is. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not worth uh, upsetting somebody else because of your own vanity. I like these little topics that Mark has written down for us uh, for the year uh, because it's just ju- it's just a topic just pull out of the air and like we have to come up with like with an answer like what's the best light meter for under a hunch and that's a great topic and you know what I love about what I I love but don't like about like threads online is like someone says oh what's the best range finder or what's the best light meter and everyone just said I mean everyone just relays what works for them right. and to them they think. This is the one to have. Right. And the fact is, it all it all does the same damn thing. At the end of the day, yeah. 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 So uh, I'll start it off because uh, everyone knows that listens to the show with the best damn light meter for under 100. <laughs> and I'm, I'm 
almost positive you can get it for under a hundred. I'm going to do a check as we're all chatting. Oh, you, you should should pretty reliably. Yeah. Dawson Luna Pro F. You know, it's what you know and it's what you learn, and it's very ma- yes. many times it's what you learn in school. That's why I was a little concerned, you know, with uh, Matt at uh, MPEX pushing that Ilford film into schools. You know, we've got to represent Eastman Kodak yeah. because you're imprinting upon students. And as they grow and learn, they're going to keep using that stuff. It's like, it's like why do I use right guard? <laughs> <laughs> My dad used it. I use it. You know, I was like, that's what I use. I'm not going to fight you on right guard, though. Okay. <laughs> why do I got Luna Pro? I went to NYU uh, on, and was, was taught by Beta Rich Botka. The famous Czechoslovakian uh, cinematographer. Gossin Luna Pro F. He drilled it in. I mean, he'd probably hammer your head with his fist if you didn't use the Gossin Luna Pro F. And because he was there to show me how to use it, I bought one. I use it. Mm-hmm. I have two of them now. Mm-hmm. And people that have uh, uh, listeners that have picked one up also love it. But that's what I use. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean it's the best. It is the best for me. Yeah. So, Leslie... Minolta flash meter four or five. I have both of them. Fours are, they're hard to get at that under a hunch, though. That's what I'm just seeing. And yeah, the they five be, is even more expensive. But the fours are should be close to one fifty. Um, I here's a low end at one nineteen. Yeah, uh, and the five I was checking, but see there again, it's, it's what I learned on it. Actually, too, you know who was the big user of that was Professor Jeff. Yeah, I have his three F. So yeah. The, the th- threes, the threes go real cheap. Those are still like you can get like sixty, seventy bucks like for those. Six volt battery, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you can't really figure out how to turn the thing off. Well, you, you know, it and just switch it up or I down. Had this and question: yeah. What piece of equipment have you used since the beginning? And for almost every one of us at the round table, it was your meter. Yeah, the ones that we particular had wasn't a twenty nine dollar one to begin with, oh. so they had some guts to them. They still work today, like they did when yeah. we got them. We've used them so much, we're comfortable. It's just it's an appendage to us. And as Bob, it was appendage to him. He could teach it and know all about it and passed it on. So what's what's your choice? Uh, the four and five Minolta flash meter. Okay. How about you, Mark? Oh, well, some would say, how about that app that's in your phone? No. Those, those are free. They, they're free. Yeah. Or $1.99. But since I don't have one of those, I mean, I, I have a phone, but I don't have a, a light meter app on it. I kind of like this Sekonic Twinmate L208, which is actually a new new product. They still sell them they new. They still sell them new, yeah. yeah. Runs on a button cell. Oh, look at that. And it, it's I use this with my Leica a lot. It does incident and reflected. It's uh goes ISO. Let's see, what's the ISO range from twelve to like, like twelve thousand five hundred. Wow, that should be wow. a pretty good range, right? Pull that baby up. Yeah. Right around your neck is a lovely Yeah, it comes with a lanyard, you know. It's, it's just long enough to, to be a problem and you choke yourself with it or something. But I keep it in my bag with my Leica, and I use it for I have an M2, and you know, there's no meter in that, and it works great. It's, it's lightweight. Lightweight. Yeah. And uh, easy to read. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't like the meters that you have to do a lot of translation with. I mm-hmm. want a dial, and you match it, and that tells you what your reading ought to be, or at least your interpretation of mm-hmm. it. But when you have to go to... I, mean, I never liked the Weston meters. 
No. For that mm. reason. They, yeah. were, they were kind of. Ah, plucked. foot candles. And, yeah, foot candles. It's okay, for, it's okay for Ansel Adams. He could use foot candles, but not me. And so there's other ones that are certainly much newer than that, but you can't go wrong either with the Goss and Luna Pros. So it's. And what was the dollars on that again? Uh, it's about. About a hundred bucks. Okay. Oh, for that? Yeah. Get out of town. No. Yeah. Goss and Luna Pro. I just looked it up. Anywhere from fifty to hundred dollars. Perfect. And I just looked up the meter five, flash meter five, and it's two hunch. High roller. Ooh. Yeah. It was the, it was the, the so, big yeah. daddy Don Garlitz. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you. Yeah. The other one is that little um, Gossen, Oh, what's the? It's a CDS cell one, or no, no, a selenium one. And I've got one. There's a couple of them. They come a little, little top. Those are they plastic with some orange on it? Uh, kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, um, I've seen those come those, in before. I forget what those are called, but they're they're about the size of this, and they're really nice. And you can pick for twenty five, thirty bucks, and they're and they're very accurate too. Mm-hmm. So before this conversation started, I was dead set. My Minolta three F was probably the only thing, only meter I've ever had that meets that criteria that I could speak to that does a good job. But after, uh, you know, Mike sent me home with uh, a really cool piece after last episode, and I would have to say, for someone get, <laughs> getting started, for under hunch, this black cat, <laughs> the extra 80 bucks in your pocket, you can buy a lot of film. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Black cat 20, exposure meter. 20 bucks. Right at the FPP. Boom. Hey, thanks, Matt. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for that boost. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger the bust, the bigger the boost. That's right. <laughs> oh, we come back. We're gonna be talking about something. <laughs> what the hell are you playing at? I want to talk to you about the annual exhibition. It's five seconds. Will you kindly move? Three, two, one. Time that. Damn it, Bright! You know perfectly well I have to expose the film at nine o'clock precisely. What's this nonsense about digital photos not being eligible for the annual exhibition? It was a unanimous decision by the committee. The committee? You mean you and those old farts that hang around in your junk shop? You lot wouldn't know a good photo if it jumped up and bit you on the bum. Did you see that? Extraordinary behavior. (laughs) Super 8. I am obsessed with Super 8 film. It is so much fun. There are so many vintage Super 8 cameras out there. It's time to pick up a camera and shoot your own three-minute film on a cartridge of Super 8 film. And where are you going to get your film from? Right here at the Film Photography Project store online. As weeks go by, you'll see more and more Super 8 film stocks being added to the store. We have the Kodak Vision 3 line of films that come with a cartridge and a prepaid order form to get your film processed and transferred to a digital file. If you're into projection, if you want to project your film in your living room on a vintage projector, you'll want the brand new Whitner Chrome 200D Chrome Super 8 film. Keep an eye on the FPP Super 8 section in the store in coming months for new products being added. And it's time to start shooting some home movies. Super 8. Is 
<laughs> hey, we're back. Hey, this yeah. is a letter from Larry Buchler. Yeah, Larry. You guys know Larry? No. Larry Buchler? Where's he from? Doesn't say. Oh. <laughs> Larry says, uh, I ran a test on the MZ3. I thought maybe Leslie, you could chime in. Because you Why don't you do that name's familiar? So maybe I may have forwarded you some stuff. Yeah. Did you run some tests on MZ3? Okay, good. <laughs> I ran a test on the MZ3. Let's say he's from Texas. Okay. I ran a test from the MZ3 developing Caffinol CL. 70 minute stand development. And I found it pretty much had the same contrast to images as when the darkroom developed them. In other words, he developed in the Caffinol, which is a pretty tame developer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's getting the same results as when the darkroom.com develops. Okay. And they develop in some kind of Ilford. Ilfasol? Yeah, Ilfasol. Uh, he said, however, I did add a stop with exposure of a half second or longer. Well, that'll make a difference. If you're interested in the results, and I went to his Flickr page, and he's uh, Flickr.com uh, Journey Send. Uh, and I thought, his, uh, I thought his results were awesome. I thought they were great. I thought they were nice, crisp images. Uh, and I said, hey, why not, you know, have you thought about trying the TD3, which I think, Leslie, you were not recommending. I don't. Okay. I didn't think of, is MZ3 a high contrast film? What do you got, Leslie? What do I got? Um, this may not have been the letter that you forwarded to me. Oh, okay. The person that wanted to know how well MZ3 pushed. Right. Oh. Do you remember that? And uh, usually low-speed films do not push they, well. They don't do that very well. They don't. They pull them. I, um, I got about 12 out of it. It's a 3. And I got an ISO 12 out of it with diafine, which is made for pushing film. Yeah. If, it, if, it's, not, if it's not going in that, it's not going in anything. No. MZ3. MZ3. What was your experience with the MZ3, Leslie? I lo- well, I like this stuff because it is, it is a 3. It should be tight grain. Mm-hmm. Blast it out just a little bit. You know, 3 and give it a little exposure. You can get a little glow to it. We all love that. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks light green. Almost has an old HIE look, infrared look. Mm-hmm. And uh, it... Even though it's not made to push, I did get an ISO of 12 out of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's on fire. In what, in what chemical? <laughs> Diaphine. Diaphine. Made for pushing. Mm-hmm. Diaphine is usually four times. Okay. Tri-X is 400. You shoot it at 1,600, you put it in diaphine. So four times three. Look at there. I guess it did really go that way. It's 12. Wow. 25 probably even... I don't know. 12 did you like the good. look of the film? I did. I do. Do you notice a I difference do. in the look of the film? Like, let's say, the Mr. Brown hand-rolled versus an MZ3. Do you notice a difference? Um, these are rather rather similar. Similar. Yeah. Um, I don't care for either one of those in TD3. Okay. They, for me, they go too flat. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. I mix almost all of this from tap water. Okay. And the chemical content of my tap water is different, different. than yours. Mm-hmm. And, and Flint's. Especially. <laughs> so I'm changing that just a little bit. Now, I do like TD3 with Technodol, uh, the techni- mm-hmm. Tech Pan film. Yeah. The it's what it's made for. Yeah. It's, which is what it's made which for. Which film do you like in the Technodol? Uh, the T- TD3 and Tech Pan film. Oh, you like Tech? Stunning. Okay. Yes. And it, of course, is a kind of high-contrast film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do like the fact that, what's the um, recommended shelf life of TD3? Oh, it's only one like, year? something like that, yeah. I've got, I'm getting two years out of my original oh, unit okay. right now. But anyway, back to whatever this was. Oh, the listener letter. Yes. Uh-huh. MZ3. I do like it and don't remember his question. 
was. The question was. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. The question was. Uh, he felt he felt that the caffeinol processing and the ilf ilfer what ilfasol ilfasol processing he, he felt it very similar, both high contrast. I mean. Oh yes, so, it probably would be for yeah, something commercial like yeah, that. Yeah, even a, so so let's say a, a solvent base and a and a compensating developer. With a film that's natively uh, like a pretty contrasty film to start, I mean not like super high, but me- medium to high contrast. Mm-hmm. Those type of developers aren't going to—they're not going to exaggerate things, but they're also not going to mask what it's doing normally anyway. So you will get a similar look out of it when developed for the proper amount of time. If you start really monkeying around with it, though, trying to tame that contrast, that's when the use of different developers can come in handy. So if uh, if he wanted to get a completely different look. He could try um, overexposing the film and then underdeveloping it a little bit in, say, yep. that caffeinol solution, and mm-hmm. you would actually get a completely different look. That'll out reduce contrast. Exactly. Typically, It'll that will reduce it. contrast yeah. a little bit, knock it back. Mm-hmm. So. so there are ways to, to modify it uh, aside from just doing standard processing. So mm-hmm. just the standard processing is that's the the tip of the iceberg when it comes to I mean getting the information on the negative the way you want it. But so. do it first. Yes, get we'll get it working first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know how to, I don't know, drive the car before you tear it apart. When we come back, b- before we get on our sled <laughs> ah, yeah. and get out of here, <laughs> we're going to talk about books. Books. Uh-huh. Books. Books on film. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except this little fella. At a time like this, a gift from Kodak just begs to be opened early. The Kodak Tele Instamatic 608 camera takes group shots like this. And with the simple flick of a switch, beautiful close-ups. And you needn't move an inch. The Tele Instamatic 608 camera, one of the great open early gifts from Kodak. Christmas 76. Picture it. Wake up, toys, or you're gonna miss Christmas Eve with the Kodak Disc. Someone got the family a Kodak disc. Just look at all the shots, they're not gonna miss. There's never been a time that's better than this to give someone the Kodak disc. Give someone the Kodak disc camera this Christmas, and if they don't think it's the easiest camera they've ever used, Kodak will give you your money back, money back. So when you go out and shop, just remember to stop. Shh, get someone the Kodak disc. Hey, we're back. Oh. Oh. What's it called? Oh. A lot of dirty pictures in there? No, no, no. Is there a dirty picture on the cover? It's set to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Nude cyanotypes, yeah. Is that the older one or is that the new one? Are there still clubs in Michigan where, like, you go and you're a member and you rent a camera and then you go in a room with a pretty girl? I didn't girl? even know there were such things. There's those in Columbus. In it's, all right, I, I'm not going to delve. They're in Columbus? I'm, they're not, I'm not going to delve in much further, but there are certain camera clubs Yes, that, that meet up and do that. It's, it's yes. It sounds like Midsummer Murder. It is. No, it really is. <laughs> and, and I can't believe it still exists, um, but it happens. Okay. Hey, we're <laughs> I'm doing a double take. I'm doing Do- a double take. Yeah, book. Mark O'Brien brought in double take, a comparative look at photographs by Richard Whalen. Ah. Well, as you know, I've got a pretty good library. You do. And I always say, well, what books can I talk about? And I like to try and 
do something different each time. I, you know, sometimes it's a technical book. Sometimes it's a uh, something about by an artist or about a technique or whatever. This one's a little bit different. It's actually um, the author of Double Take by Richard Whalen. Uh, the book has a foreword by Cornell Kappa. It came out in 1981. It's in uh, soft cover format. And what he's done, he's taken various photographs that are similarly themed. Sometimes. Not just similarly themed, but the same exact scene by different photographers. Get out of town. And so, for example, <laughs> on page 124 and 125 is a door in a building in New York City. Doorway, 204 West 13th Street. One picture by Walker Evans, another one, another one by Berenice Abbott. And you can see how each photographer shot the same darn thing differently that's like actually that. that's actually pretty cool it is that pretty is. cool you know let's talk about a couple other examples would be um steps a photograph by alexander rochenko and ben son post office new york city steps different different th- same theme different places perhaps um different shadows and all that and so and i think what this points out is everyone has a different take on doing the same thing mm-hmm. the same subject or you can have similar subjects and, and different people all with the same idea and how they approach it, how they approach the subject. But I think it's just great that he's actually gone through. And some of these, he's, he's matched up. Um, okay, another one. The famous photograph by Lewis Hine, the powerhouse mechanic, where the guy is iconic. of The guy with a wrench in front of the big machinery. And then next to it is another comparison with Margaret Burks White, a generator shell. Uh, and for, this is probably taken in Ru- in Russia, 1930, gelatin silver print. They're doing similar activities. The dy- the dynamics are quite different in mm-hmm. each one. Um, One's Metropolis, the other's yeah, a sunny day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there's that. Um, and th- another one is uh, Imogen Cunningham, Mills College Amphitheater, and then Tina Modotti Stadium, Mexico City. Wow. Similar subjects, Whoa. and it's amazing to see how these are echoes, sometimes echoes of each other, mm-hmm. um, sometimes the same exact thing. Uh, John Thompson, London Nomads before 1877, and Eugene Etje, uh another group of, of gypsies um, in 1914. Similar subjects, slightly different treatment, but you know, how do you some things you can't really approach much differently, right? You adore how you know, and there's different approaches you can take with doors, but there aren't too many different ones. So I, I think it's a, it's a great book. Um, okay, we have Edward Weston nude with a man ray nude. It's almost exactly the same. <gasps> Two different photographers. Two different photographers. Is it the same nude? Uh, mm. That I don't know. <laughs> it, it would look it it looks looks very similar to me. It's quite the same location? I don't know. Okay. Different no. years, 1920, 1923. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. So it's one of those books. I think it's a great thing just to have instructionally to look how different people work um, with similar subjects and just a lot of fun. I mean, it's of course we have you know Alfred Stieglitz and then Steichen with the Triangle Building, quite different images, mm-hmm. um, but yet very similar in other ways. So um, you can get this on on uh, Amazon.com or any other online bookseller. They go for about two bucks used. So oh. yeah. Good eight books. Has, has, has to be multiples of two that it yeah. comes in. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, of course, it's, it's definitely courses. one to have. Just a, it's just fun to peruse it and take a look at how different people shot similar things and similar subjects. A lot of fun. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we're going to do a uh, FPP book 
Double take, double take, double take, double take, double take. Second book this show. Whoa, what, two? Yeah, what's that one called, Mark? Oh, another one. Historic Photographic Processes. That one's a real bait and switch. Yeah, I guess. It's got a cyanotype nude in the front. A Guide to Creating Handmade Photographs. Photographic Images by Richard Farber. It's by Allworth Press. I believe it's still in print. I'm not sure. Um, but I did see them online, quite easily available. Um, it's it's a really good book if you want to learn about alternative processes. Cyanotypes, brome oil, um, gum bichromate, things like that. Carbon printing. Um, there's a lot of historic processes and there's... He has the formulas for doing various things, how to, how to go through, the, through the, the whole operation, how to process, zeotypes, platinum, platinum processing, and so forth, what you need to do these things. So it's a good how-to book, and if you're interested in doing any of these things, I highly recommend it, just because there's a lot of information on the web out there, but it's good having it all in one one volume where you can pick it up and say, how do I get the chemicals to make a cyanotype, and how do I do it? Um, so it's one of those ones I, I highly recommend. We used to have a store in, in, our, in Ann Arbor called Afterwards, and they were always great for the, the extra print runs and remainders, and so I bought this back back in the day for nine ninety eight. but I think it probably goes for about that on online. Thank you, Mark. Well, I'm going to wrap it up for the year, folks. Oh, wow. I'm going to wrap it up for the year. It's been a funny year. FPP did the big move. We had no meetup this year. (laughs) No one to walk about. FP 100C disappeared. (sighs) Matt had to give back his 8x10. Yeah. Kind of a a somber year. Yeah. But I tell you, things are looking up. Because the thing is, man, is like when you're driving on the road, I mean, like you get a person who's that rude, I mean, they're going to kill you. So, like, if you give them a quick, short, sharp shock, they don't do it again. Dig it. I mean, he got off light because I could have given him a flashing. I only hit him once. Film photography is as exciting as it's ever been. Us, seven years on, still... Not, have not run out of topics and when we repeat a topic it's just as fun talking about it the second time or the third or, or the third whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I want to thank everyone out there for listening and being excited about film photography an awesome hobby not only a hobby an awesome way of life that was what I would say a way because, of life yeah because if you're a film photographer you, everything you do in your life really revolves around making that image in any way shape or form that makes you happy whether it's uh, shooting a paper negative and then shining a light bulb, doing a contact print to make your print, which is amazing. We talked about a few shows ago. Or shooting some super low ISO film that you never shot before and putting your camera on a tripod, as Matt says. Get a frickin' tripod. <laughs> right. Or some of that new Impossible Project film. Yep, which we shot a few shows ago. Mm-hmm. It's always a lot of fun. Remember, you can find us at filmphotographyproject.com, but not only there. You can go to Facebook, like us. You can go to the Instagram, Film Photography Project. YouTube, we're Film Photography Tube. Hopefully, uh, lots of new videos. Lots of new videos up. That was the, new, not nude. That's right. New, not <laughs> nude. 
podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Please write to us. Let us know what's going on. Let us know how things are going. What do you have, what do you have planned for 2017? What kind of camera do you plan on getting in 2017? What is it you want to try? What do you have your eyes set on? Let us know. And we'll leave with my favorite Smooth Sailor Christmas tune from last year. I call it Rockabilly Christmas. <laughs> I call it sort of like the, the Smooth Sailor's take on, like, if the Ventures, you know, the Ventures, their surf band. Oh, yeah. If they did a Christmas tune, it would sound like the Smooth Sailor's song. And here it is. <laughs> 